Then we can go there. First Corinthians 15 verse 10, Second Peter 3 verse 18, and John chapter 1 verse 16. First Corinthians 15 verse 10, which is our theme scripture for the year. Second Peter chapter 3 verse 18, and John chapter 1 verse 16. I hope we are all fine. Feel free to say hi to your neighbor. All right, okay, First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10, I will read using um, the RV. The Bible says, but because of God's grace, that is what I am, 
By the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace that he gave me was not wasted. Look at that. Another version says, his grace was not in vain. This version says, and his grace that he gave me was not wasted. So there is such a thing as wasting the grace of God. And then Paul says, I worked harder than all other apostles. Let me pause there. This is where people get drawn. I remember there was a time when Paul was actually saying, I speak, I speak in tongues more than you all. But here is the thing. Do you know that Paul, in the actual sense, um, did a lot of work than all the apostles that were physically present with Jesus. I'm sure we all know that, right? You will notice that Paul wrote almost half the New Testament when he was not present with Jesus. So now, he says, I have worked harder than all the other apostles. Now, look at what he says. It doesn't end here. The last part says, but I was not really the one working. It was God's grace that was with me. So in other words, Paul was saying the grace of God is what will cause you to outstand and outshine others. Is what will cause you to excel and do better than others. You can be in the same field, you can be doing the same thing, but the grace of God will add beauty, understand power and impact to what you're doing. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let's read 2 Peter 3 verse 18. I'm not here to talk about um, grace as in the theme of the year. The Bible says, but continue to grow. I'm using GNT. GNT is good news translation. So there is also GNB, which is good news Bible. These are two different versions, but they're similar. Okay. Um, obviously from, from the same people. But continue to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus. So there is such a thing as growing in grace. So when we say more grace, we are not ex exaggerating. We are not going against what the Bible says. There is such a thing as growing in grace. Continue to grow in the grace. And in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we are all born again. But here is one thing that separates us, that differentiates us. Not, not necessarily separating us, but differentiating us. What differentiates us? We might all be born again. There are two things that separate us. Grace and knowledge. Grace and knowledge. Continue to grow in the what? In the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to Him be the glory now and forever. Amen. Amen. I want us to read John chapter 1, verse 16 quickly. We would love to acknowledge our online audience. I hope they are able to get us. So, if there is somebody watching, just indicate if you can get me. John 1, verse 16. For out of his fullness, I'm reading using the Amplified. For out of his fullness, the superabundance of his grace and truth, we have all received grace upon grace. Look at that. 
What does your version say? I want somebody to read from their version that is not amplified so that we hear what your version says. Maybe NKJV, ESV, NIV, or any of those. What does your version say? Let's be quick, please. John 1 16. NKJV says, And of his fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. We have all received, read that part again. We have all received, and grace for grace. Grace for grace. Another version says, From grace to grace, meaning. Grace has got levels and dimensions. Okay? We, we have all received grace upon grace. Then amplified in brackets, put it, puts it this way. Spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing. Imagine. Favor upon favor. And gift heaped upon gift. Now, this scripture... Uh, uh, are already messing me up, but let's not stick with the theme of the year being our year of grace. Today I want to share on what I have entitled How to Capture and Run with the Theme of the Year. How to Capture and Faithfully Run with the Theme of the Year. I was really inspired to share this because the fact that something has been declared doesn't mean it will automatically work for you. And that is why we have, all been un we have all been under a particular administration and someone came out and maybe someone came after the meeting, they were testifying and there was someone who didn't receive what that, that person received. You can be receiving the same word but you're getting different things. You can be under the same pastor but your benefits are different. Look at Judas. He had the best pastor in the world, but he still chose to be rebellious. He had the best teacher all of us are dreaming of on a daily basis, but he still chose the love of money over discipleship. So, how do you capture the word of the year, the theme of the year? I know we've got various are themes of the air that have been declared in, in various places. And I don't know about you, but for me, I'm not just running with the theme that we have declared in this place. We, we are running with the Lord. Glory to God. For example, we have also partnered with Bread of Life. We believe this is our year of open doors. <laughs> We've also partnered with the Gospel Envoys. This is our year of prolific, uh -huh, the prolific church. This is our year of life and doctrine. <laughs> Why? I'm trying to make us understand that there is how you can capture and faithfully begin to run with the theme of the year that has been declared. I have seen a lot of memes around where people will start saying, for example, in December, I'm sure you came across some of them and some of you even laughed. You joked around them. Let's be honest. They go and have mess on me before I even say it. <laughs> Some of you, you probably come across men where people are saying, it's time to look for the pastor who said, this is your year. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's time to look for that pastor who said, this year you get married. But here is the thing. Look at Saul. King Saul in the Bible. 
I have read somewhere where the Bible says, He is my chosen one. And the same man who was chosen by God was rejected by God. Is it because God wanted him? It was all in the attitude of soul. So, the theme of the year can be declared. This is our year of excellence. Excellence will not automatically fall on you. You have to do something that will actualize excellence in your life. So tell your neighbor you have a role to play. So I'm sharing on what I've entitled How to Capture and Faithfully Run with the theme of the year. So we have a lot of exciting, powerful themes of the year that have been declared in various places. For example, we've been taught this is our year of expansion. We've been taught this is our year of the supernatural. Now, if you talk about the supernatural kind of a life, how do you experience the supernatural if you keep on entertaining the desires of the flesh? You are not just going to automatically expect the supernatural to fall on you. Growth does not instantaneously come on you. It doesn't simultaneously come on you, it doesn't automatically come on you. You have to be deliberate about it. So we have declared this is our year of grace. Paul says, by the grace of God, I am what I am. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse what? Verse 10. And he says, the grace that he gave me was not wasted. So are you making good use of the grace of God or you are wasting the grace of God? The Bible says if you continue to live a life of sin, you are crucifying Jesus for the second time. Meaning in that context, you are wasting the grace of God. So, I want us to read Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 1 to 3, quickly. It will help us understand what I'm sharing today. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 1 to 3. The Bible says, I'm reading using ESV, which is English Standard Version. I will take my stand at my watch post and station myself on the tower. Tell your neighbor there is such a thing as positioning yourself. There is such a thing as positioning yourself. Now look at what Habakkuk says. He says, I'm going to position myself. The tower is the highest point, is a high place. So if you want to receive heavenly messages, you need to become heavenly positioned. We need to become heavenly minded. I remember one time the Lord inspired me and he said, there is no way we are going to keep on claiming we are going to heaven when we keep living as if we are candidates of hell. That hit me hard. So Habakkuk says, I will take my stand at my watch post and station myself on the tower and look out to see. He was looking forward to see what God would say to him. How do you look forward to see what he will say to you? Sometimes Bible Bible English is quite confusing. But I understand what the prophet meant because there are times where you say I heard but you saw. You can actually see God's voice. <laughs> I don't know if you have been there. And look out to see what you will say to me, and I will answer concerning my complaint 
And the Lord answered, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets, so he may run who reads it. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end, it will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come, it will not delay. So firstly, for today, I want to share what you can do in order for you to capture and faithfully run with the theme of the year. Number one, you have to position yourself. This is our year of grace. You have to position yourself for the grace of God to locate you. Why am I saying this? Have you observed that when Jesus came and he had an encounter with that man in the book of John, he said, whenever I want to go into the pool, what happens? Someone overtakes me. And then, in other places, you are able to see Jesus asking a question, what do you want me to do for you? So the point here is, if you are going to get something from God, you have to position yourself for it. There are many people, I can, I can guarantee you, even now, there are some people already looking forward to 2024. Four days into the new year. And they are saying, yes, and they see me. Because somebody's son has broken your heart. And you already said, God, you know, yes, in You have to position yourself for the theme of the year. If, for example, we are saying this is our year of grace, position yourself for the grace of God to locate you and work for you. Don't count yourself out. It might have not worked for you last year, but keep on telling yourself this year. Grace will locate me. Amen. My time has come. Yes. That's what Apocalypse said. He said, I'm going to stand. Okay, even as I watch, and I'm looking forward to what he will say. You are able to see something there. Habakkuk positioned himself. Now, if you want to hear God speak, be in a place that will help you to hear God. If you want to see God work, be in a place that will help you see God at work. There is no way you are going to be clubbing week in and week out and you are expecting to have an encounter with God. You are joking. And that is why for God's people in the Bible throughout you will notice God kept on telling them, go to a place out or then because you have to be set apart, you have to be consecrated. God has got particular places where you can encounter him. He can meet you anywhere, maybe for the sake of serving him, but when it comes to going deep, when it comes to going yonder with the Lord, there are particular places where you can encounter such realms and dimensions. So position yourself for the theme of the year to work for you. Be expectant because Habakkuk said, I am going to position myself even as I look forward to hear what you say to me. So be expectant. You remember that when we... Uh, we wrote the word grace. Was it vertical? Yeah. Okay. Uh, horizontal and vertical. <laughs> Tell your neighbor such things won't matter here. <laughs> <laughs> when we wrote the word grace, I remember I said the G stands for God at work, the R stands for rest, 
and then what we have, the letter A stands for what? Assurance. Assurance in God's word. And then we have the letter C, is it? Which stands for what? Uh-huh. You guys have to remember those things. Okay, I'm going to the letter E. It stands for expectation. But what does the letter C stand for? Christ's strength. Or oh, I said courage. So meaning this year we are going to get our strength from God. So now, the last part, which is the E. The letter E stands for expectation. The Bible says the expectation of the righteous shall not be cut short. Shall not be cut off. So this year, position yourself. What do I mean? Be expectant that things will work out for your good. Amen. Things may seem as if they are going the other direction, but keep on believing. This is my year. My doors will open. This is my year. Growth will come. This is my year. God will do something great for you. Your expectation is what is building your possession. Amen. Your expectation is a foundation for your possession. Yes, because you know what I'm talking about. Let me say it again. What did I say? The expectation is a foundation for your for your possession. Or we can say your expectation is a foundation for your manifestation. So what you expect builds a base for what will manifest in your life. Look at what happened in the life of Job. For example, we can say that oh, God allowed it and so much more. All those things, not so. Uh, the devil went to God and he said, no, because this guy worships you because he has got all these things. But then have we read in Job chapter 3 verse 15, if not 25, where the Bible says, Job was confessing, what I feared the most has come upon me. Yes. For this year, I choose to fear the Lord. Amen. <laughs> so that he can come and show up in my life. I fear prosperity this year. Hallelujah. I fear a lot of money this year. Glory to God. So be expectant to have this theme of the year speak and work for you. Haven't you noticed that when, when, when the teacher was teaching, and the moment you never wanted to be pointed at, you were actually pointed at. Tell your neighbor, choose what you fear. So mostly, why do I say positioning is important? If we want to see the theme of the, world, of the year working for us, have you observed that what we get to experience in our life is mostly determined by our position? Based on where you are found, it determines the things that will happen in and around your life. So positioning is very, very important. There are some people that have not been exposed to the outside world. All they know is Chalolandu, Chekana, you know. And then if you tell them, look, I want us to meet at the corner of Chachacha and Chibarambaro, they will ask you, is that in Lusaka? <laughs> And you tell a brother in the road, I want us to meet at Creamland. <laughs> and they call you and say, Well, I'm a positioning is important. <laughs> Secondly, what do you need in order for you to capture and faithfully run with the theme of the year? You need to write down 
the theme of the the word of the year and make it plain simplify it I'm not just limiting this sharing to the theme of the year you've received at church. I believe even in our personal lives we've got targets. You can have your own theme of the year. I've been doing that for a very, very long time. I also have my own theme of the year. So now, whatever you want to do, or maybe whatever you want God to do in and through you, you write it down, simplify it. In a way that will make it easy for you to understand what you're pursuing or what you're targeting. Don't make it complicated. We, have, we need to have it recorded in our hearts, in our minds, in our spirits, in our books. So that when something happens, you're able to go back to what you've written down. And then that will give you a testimony because you, you, you start seeing God at work. I wrote this thing down and I've seen God do it. I remember I said one thing. I said by the time by, by the time I'm this age, I want to I, I, I want to marry, I want to finish college, and I want to I, I wrote three things that I've seen happen. And I want my church, not not really as in here, my home church. I want my home church to have a plot and views. And I found that diary, I think last year, and I looked at it, and I discovered by the year 2015, I was done with college. <laughs> I married in 2015, and the church shifted from school to our plot, 2015, the same year. And I wrote those things down in 2010, 2011. There is so much power in writing down. I always say this. What you write down, you can't easily forget. What you write down um, is there in your life as a direction. You have a point of reference. You have something that you can go back to. Something that helps you to cross-examine yourself, to check. Are you making progress? Or maybe where are you supposed to um, make adjustments and so much more? Don't just be excited about the theme of the year. Seek to understand what the theme of the year is all about. And that is why, by the grace of God, we've been doing our best year in and year out to explain in detail, if possible, to even have series around the theme of the year so that people can understand what we are believing God for. For example, grace. I believe this year we are going to have the grace series. And we are going to understand grace in many areas, the different uh, facets of grace, and by the grace of God, is surely going to help us. Amen. Amen. Number three, how do you capture and run with the theme of the year faithfully or effectively? Tell your neighbor, prayerfully run with the theme of the year. Amen. There are people, let me tell you one thing. There are people who have become so... I don't know what word I can use. But they have become so dull in the things of God that for them, as long as the man of God has declared, as long as the Bible says so, they think they don't have to do anything about it. 
Now that the theme of the year has been declared, let me tell you one thing. When the theme of the year has been declared in the spiritual realm, I want you to know that demons, the devil and his agents will rise to start fighting against what God has spoken. Haven't you observed that in the Bible, the devil is not really against you, he's against what God has told you. When the enemy came to Eve, what was the question that the enemy asked? The snake. Did God really say? When the devil came to Jesus in the wilderness, you may say, Pastor, you are, you are, you are quoting the Old Testament. Wasn't the devil busy saying it is written? Why? The enemy wants to counter what God has spoken. That is why the enemy is not afraid of what you know. The devil is afraid of what you do with what you know. There is a difference. You know that John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. You know that 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Whoever is in Christ is a new creation. The old has gone. Behold, all things have become new. But what are you doing with that scripture? That's what makes it powerful. You can get your Bible, Put it under the pillow. Let me tell you one thing. I'm sure you've heard of Zondervan. Zondervan, right? Is it Zondervan? Something like that. These guys that are behind NIV Bible. Do you know that those guys have actually produced pornographic stuff before? Because it is just a publishing company. So, this Bible, as, as in paper, paper and ink, this one is not powerful. And that is why Paul was teaching there is a letter of the word and the spirit of the word. So you can, you can make this Bible your pillow, but if this Bible is not in you, it won't work. Let's get maybe someone that doesn't have Jesus in them. And then there is a demon-possessed person here. And that person says, in the name of Jesus, come and I say, in the name of Jesus, come out. We've said one and the same thing. But what makes the difference? The presence of the name in me. And the absence of that name in the person. So we have to prayerfully run with the theme of the year. Now that the theme of the year has been declared, the enemy is not happy that you should make progress. He will do what he can. For example, in the year of grace, what I sense the most is that many people will feel condemnation knocking on their doors. You know, where God wants to do something in your life and the devil is busy reminding you of your ugly past. Sister, sister. And then, the moment you pay attention to that, you are, giving a, you are giving a legal ground to the enemy to begin to torment you. God doesn't condemn you. He wants to get rid of condemnation in your life by giving you the grace in Jesus. So the enemy will try by all means. When God says, this is our year of open doors, things will seem so difficult. You know what the enemy is trying to do in that moment? He wants you to doubt, to say, yes, my pastor, this is our year of open doors, but we to wash and in that moment, when doubt creeps in, you know what will happen? Doubt makes the, the word of God ineffective. Doubt is able to cripple what God wants to do. 
Haven't you noticed in Mark, is it Mark chapter 4, chapter 6? Chapter 6 somewhere there. When Jesus was about to work, the Bible says because of unbelief, he could not. The one whom the Bible says to him all things are possible, and the Bible says he could not. Why? The Bible answers because of unbelief. So be very careful. I want us to read Jeremiah 29, for example. Verse 11. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. We all know this scripture. I'm reading using NLT. The Bible says, this is God. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. There are plans for good and not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope. When people read that scripture, they are very excited. I've seen people posting this scripture. For I know the plans I have for you. I, I remember there was a time when Israel posted this. Everybody was posting it. When it, I think he, he finished one of his one of his speeches uh, last year, probably it was before they were one one, one opt by the UPND, and he said, "I want to leave you with this scripture, Jeremiah 29 verse 11." Everybody posted it. Nothing wrong with that. But let me tell you one thing. It's very important to understand the word of God from and with the right context. That scripture doesn't end there. After God has said he has a good plan for you, go to the next verse. What does it say? Then you will pray. So knowing the plan of God should actually prompt and make you to pray more. Because the enemy is after that word, frustrating it. The Bible says, verse 12, In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you. So you have known that God has got a good plan for your life. But that is not enough. Yes, you know God wants you to get married. God wants you to maybe have that mansion. God wants your family members to be saved. We have read in the Bible. Let's be honest. Second Peter 3 verse 9 it must be in Timothy where we are also taught that God doesn't want anybody to perish. Not so. But the same way God doesn't want people to perish. Who wants people to perish? The enemy. So, there is one thing that both the devil and the enemy are after. The souls of men. The souls of men. So, if you are going to keep praying, you are believing God. For example, you are just believing that someday your siblings will be born again. Believing is not enough. You have to pray about it. Haven't you noticed the Bible says... Ezekiel 36, verse 26 and 27, God says, I'm going to remove a heart of stone and I'll give them a heart of flesh. You know what God was saying in that moment is that people can get to a point where their hearts become hard. So we have to consistently keep praying about it. So we are not just going to say, this is our year of soul winning and we just assume people will come. Haven't you noticed that before we are told in Acts chapter 2 that and daily, people were added to their number. Before we are told that, we are told they gathered one place to do what? Mm -hmm. Pray. It was after they prayed that the number increased. It was after they prayed that the miracles happened. We also see this in the book of Acts chapter 6. I was amazed when the Lord showed me this uh, particular scripture this morning. 
Yes, the plan of God has been plainly announced in various places. We've been taught this is the year of what? This is the year of release. The year of restoration. But we have to engage with that word of the year through prayer. We see this, like I mentioned, in the book of Acts. In chapter... In chapter 4, chapter 6 rather, from verse 1, children of God almost lost focus because there were conflicts among them. I want us to read Acts chapter 6 quickly. We can go there. Acts chapter 6, verse 1 to 4, quickly. The Bible says, But as the believers rapidly multiplied, where there is increase, the enemy wants to throw confusion. Psalm 133. Stay, stay in Acts chapter 6, please. Psalms 133. The Bible says, It pleases God when the saints dwell together in what? In unity. And then, we are toward where there is unity. The Lord commands a blessing. So meaning, unity is one thing that pleases God. But haven't you noticed how Acts chapter 6 verse 1 starts? Just as the church was increasing, growing, multiplying, there arose among them conflicts. Imagine that. The Bible says, while men did what? We don't know your, your Bible. While men, the enemy came and sowed tears. That is confusion. So, in other words, here is one thing that happened here. What we can see, not between the lines, but beyond what is written. Some believers were sleeping in this moment. When growth has come, people stop praying. When there is money in the account, people stop praying. When there is food in the fridge, people stop praying. When you have enough clothes, people stop praying. Because they feel all is well. There is no need for me to do what? Pray. There is peace. David lost it. The Bible says, and no, it was Solomon actually. At the peak of his success, his women <laughs> turned his hearts away from God. Sometimes your greatest enemy are not bad dreams, but your success. Imagine you are from getting a degree. Or go on ocean like we are again. You don't even pray. Say, God, thank you for this degree. Just say, Mama, I made it. <laughs> I've been training my, my, my children. Should they say, Mama, I made it? <laughs> Where was Papa? But on a serious note, at least just say, Mama and Dad, I made it. <laughs> just joking. But as the believers rapidly multiplied, there were rumblings of discontent. The Greek-speaking believers complained about the Hebrew-speaking believers saying that their widows were being discriminated against in the daily dis distribution of food. Have you noticed that sometimes the church begins to focus on secular events and not discipleship programs? For example, yesterday, let me, let me be honest with you, I came across that uh, there was an event that was being advertised by a church and I heard God tell me, this is not what the church is all about. Events are good, but events should be about soul winning and discipleship. 
haven't you observed that there are certain places where every Sunday is a special service? Not in the sense of, I know, for us every service is special because God does something special every time, not so. But I'm talking about they are always looking for a way they can name the service in order to attract people, maybe to give a certain way. But look at this. They began to focus on physical food and they lost sight of the spiritual food. You will see down as we continue. They were now complaining concerning trivial matters, small issues. Those were issues they began to argue about. They began to argue about them. You begin to connect things that don't even make what? Because as a believer, if you are to rightly attempt such issues, I'll be honest with you, I think for me, I don't know, maybe it's me. The way I was raised and the way God has worked on me, I, I will not be eating with people and not care about what someone will eat. Before I even get what my part, I would be more concerned to know if someone has eaten. We've been in many places where what was even supposed to be my food, I gave it to somebody else. Tell your neighbor, may that be your theme of the year. From the way you've smiled, I can tell. From the way you've laughed, I can tell the kind of people you are. <laughs> so now, so the twelve called a meeting of all the believers. Now look at this. They said, we apostles should spend our time teaching the word of God. Not running a food program. Now, he's talking about two kinds of food. There is the food of the word. There is the food of the flesh. There are people today, they eat physical food more than they eat spiritually. Why do people fail to pray? Meaning the body has eaten, the spirit is starving, the body is sleeping, the spirit can't even hear what God is saying. All they are left with in the morning is, I had a powerful dream, but I can't remember what it was. It's not powerful if you can't remember it. Meaning, the moment you forgot it, even its power was lost. So now, they said, so, brothers, select seven men who are well respected and full of the spirit. This just sobered me up. In church, I have come to discover even people that you put as ushers, they should be spirit-filled. Not even those are the that somebody is worshipping. Abu Muza, ah-ah. Someone is busy. We need people who are able to understand the atmosphere and how to host the presence of God. Imagine 
people that were supposed to be saved fruit, they saved people of good character, filled with the spirit. Why? Because now now. So I'm trying to show you this. Look at this. Here is my concern. Here is my concern. And here is what I'm getting my main point. In line with point number three, I said you have to prayerfully run with the what? With the theme of the you have to prayerfully run with it. Be prayerful. Then we the apostles can spend time in prayer and the ministry of the word. They were given what is this ministry of the world we are talking about? The Great Commission. So they were given a commission. We've been given a word of the year. What are we supposed to do? Guard it with prayer. Pray, keep praying. That's why he says that what's the first thing he mentioned? We're going to give ourselves to prayer and the ministry of the word. Meaning, even before you continue ministering, keep on praying. Prayer is the first thing. So they made it clear that the commission was supposed to be preserved and spread by prayer. Now, they also said we are going to give ourselves to the ministry of the word, which leads us to our last point for today. You know, uh, last year I got an award <laughs> called Man of the Words in Ox of Righteousness International, given to Brother George. <laughs> Glory to God. Number four, which is my last point for today. I'm sure some of you were enjoying this. But you know what? It feels so sad to say this is my last point today. <laughs> we are going to give ourselves to prayer and the word. Prayer and the word. Number four, align the theme of the year with the word. Align the theme of the year with the word. After the theme of the year has been declared, Go to the Bible. Look for scriptures that talk about the theme of the year. Mm -hmm. So that even as you are praying, as you begin to work out the word, you've got scriptures that are backing your actions. Amen. Because when all is said and done, no matter how powerfully we can pray, if our prayers are not centered around and on the word of God, our prayers are not powerful. No matter what we do, if our actions are in disagreement with the word of God, whatever we are doing is in vain. What moves God is his word. His word. How many scriptures do you know? For example, last year was the year of the fear of the Lord. How many scriptures do you know that talk about the fear of the Lord? This is our year of grace. How many scriptures do you want to talk about grace? So begin to search the scriptures. Have that hunger to research. Read the word so that they can also begin to shape your prayers. They can begin to shape the way you live. For example, 
grace is not just the unmerited favor of God that saves us from sin. I said grace is not only. So meaning there is a part where grace is God's mercy that he shows us when we are in our deep sin. But here is the thing. There is a place where God's grace doesn't just save you. Grace becomes a power in your life that helps you to live above sin. Then there is a place where grace is an empowerment. There is a grace where, I mean, there is a place where grace is a blessing. May the grace. May the grace of God. So in that moment, you are able to know that grace has got a lot of meanings depending on various circumstances. There is a place where grace will bring you healing. There is a grace where, I mean, there is a place, wow. There is a place where grace will make you stand out when you go for an interview. The Bible tells us, because the favor of God was on Daniel, he was distinguished. That is, that, that is grace. Grace can distinguish you. Someone will just come, maybe you are in a shop where maybe you are selling the same kind of product. Uh, maybe it's a saloon, maybe it's a food business. And then when someone comes in that shop, they just want to be attended by you. That is grace. That is grace. They're looking for someone who can do something. And someone says, after they bring out the best, someone says, no. Uh -uh. These are not the things I'm looking for. Remember when, when they were looking for a king in the time of David? Jesse presented his best sons and he left out. Even your father. That's why David had an understanding in Psalm 10 verse 8. Is it 27 verse 10? Yes. Where he said, when my father and my mother forsake me. I, I feel in that moment you were saying, even when your father and your mother forget you. <laughs> because how can your own father forget you? And when he was, he was asked the question, where are your sons? He brought them out. It had to take the prophet of God to ask him a question. Are these all? And he said, oh, by the way, <laughs> there is another boy. But this one is useless. <laughs> this one is tending the flock. Grace will make you become counted when you're not counted. That's what I sense this year. Grace will pick you from a hidden place and take you to a prominent place. Whatever you have this year, People will start asking. You know, they, they are not investigating your poverty today, but mark my words. They will investigate your success and prosperity. But you know what? You cannot investigate grace. They will try to understand how. Because, okay, my help is from the Lord. The reason why they cannot find where I got that thing is that they, they keep on looking. They check the west, east, north, and south. But for me, I'm looking up. Oh, yes. Praise God. That is your story this year. Amen. So now, align the theme of the year with the word. Look for scriptures that support, that explain. And that are in line with the declared theme of the year. In this context, 
take the word of God personal. Begin to act on it. Begin to speak. Imagine where sometimes we are, we are taught, let's share grace. So meaning there is a place where grace is sharing. We are told in the book of Corinthians that there is such a thing as you have to excel in this grace of giving. I don't know if you have read that scripture. So meaning there is a place where grace is sharing with someone doesn't have. There is a place where grace is kindness. I want us to read our two last scriptures and we close. Deuteronomy 32 verse 46. Deuteronomy 32 verse 46. Quickly. He said to them, take to heart all the words I have solemnly declared. Take them to heart. How do you take them to heart? So that you may command your children. Begin to teach your children. Share the word you have received. One of the things that helped me as a young man, as a young man, let me be honest with you, my friends thought I was powerful because I used to, <laughs> I remember I preached my first sermon in scripture union standing in front of a lot of people. I preached that sermon, not died to a <laughs> And I was quoting scriptures and people were just standing looking at me. A simple grade 8 preaching to grade 12s. And they said, where is this boy coming from? That's, in that meeting, that's where I actually uh, met Pastor uh, Mbulo, uh, Abraham Mbulo, a guy I'm working with at the moment, 15 years ago. <laughs> anyway, I was just a 15, 16-year-old boy. I've been doing this for some time. Glory to God. So, begin to teach. So I looked powerful because whenever they taught me at church, I would go, the same topic my pastor taught on at church, because I was scripture union leader, was the topic of the week scripture union. <laughs> and they would be asking questions and I was busy, I was, like their questions were polished to me because of where I learned. Sometimes they would ask me a question and say, okay, for now we are focusing on this, for now we are focusing on this. <laughs> I'm giving you time. Go back, pray about it, research, then we are going to come and discuss. what if? And I'm asking as if it's coming from me. <laughs> the following day, when they exhaust their answers, I'll start telling them, say, you know, so how you deal with such a question? First, wait. Uh, brother, so can you read for me? It's what scripture. Sometimes you pretend as if. Say, you know, let us read John chapter 10, verse 11. But you know what you're looking for is John chapter 10, verse 10. <laughs> you tell them, no, not verse 11. Go back a bit. Uh, it's verse 10. I think it's the one. Yes. <laughs> So now, here is my point. After they were taught, teach these things to your children. Now look at what they were taught next. They are not just idle words for you. There are some people who get the theme of the when I'm going to pass I mean theme of the maybe you've left your dad. 
So that theme of the is lying idol in your place. The Bible says these are not just idle words. They are your life. Take the word of God personal. If it's been declared, you take it personal, you begin to run with it. I saw when I was trying to be to be personal with the theme of the yesterday was posting on WhatsApp. It's the year of grace. And then the next thread I read. She said, it is the year, in other words, it is the year of Mwila. And then I picked it because she's Grace Mwila. I said, all right. Oh. <laughs> if only my name was Grace. <laughs> 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 the biblical meaning. They are your life. By them, now what do you do? The last part says, by them, you will live. By them. The, the them there stands for what? The words. By them, you will live long in the land you are crossing to the Jordan to possess. What will preserve you is what you are holding on to. What will preserve you is what you are daily confessing. Because Hebrews chapter 13, verse 6 shows us, The Lord is with me, is my helper. What can man do to me? You get that confidence from what God has said. That's why David taught Goliath. Imagine everybody was afraid to confront Goliath because he told them whoever comes out I'm going to kill you and then I'm going to get your carcasses and I'll give them to the dogs remember that eh? mm -hmm. and then David says you know what you're coming against me with all those weapons I'm coming against you he didn't say I'm coming against you in the name of my father he said I'm coming against you in the name of the Lord you're, you may not have a name this year you may not have a name they respect you may not come from a family they respect and recognize, but you have Jesus, and his name is above every name. Amen. Somebody say amen. amen. This year we are going to conquer our exams in the name of Jesus. Amen. This year we are going to conquer our marital status in the name of Jesus. Amen. If we have tried black or pale, we are using the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Someone say glory. Glory. If we have used six pack, this year we are using six scriptures. Yeah. And our last scripture, 2 Corinthians 4 verse 13. The Bible says, since we have the same spirit of faith, tell your neighbor the same spirit of faith. The same spirit of faith. What is this spirit of faith? Faith. The Bible says, according to what has been written, I believed and so I speak. Another version says, I believe, therefore I speak. So if you have believed the theme of the year, if you have been told this is the year of growth, you have believed it, begin to speak it. What you say determines what you have believed. And what you confess determines what you possess. So this year, we are going to declare, no matter what comes my way, grace will speak for me. Yeah. Hallelujah. Sometimes you receive that call, you are appearing before the judge, maybe... They are interrogating you. Just keep on praying on the inside. Grace, speak for me. Grace, speak for me. Grace, speak for me. You are feeling sick in the body. Keep on saying it. Grace, speak for me. You are broke. You are saying, Grace, speak for me. I know there is a place where people are encouraging us to go and work hard. There is a place where we are going to work. But also there is a place where we will continue to believe in God's provision. Amen. I have seen it all. It's about God's grace. 
We speak what we have believed. No matter what is happening, grace will speak for you this year. Someone say after me, grace will speak for me this year. Grace will speak for me this year. So today and every day, please, beloved, as you go about your business, constantly confess the theme of the year. Speak it out. Speak it out. You don't speak what is happening. You speak what you want to see happen. Remember when Jesus, I want us to be upstanding, please. I'm a man of few words. I may lose the belt. I may lose the belt to Deacon Trallo because sometimes he tries to be a man of few words. Hallelujah. I may lose the belt to Mrs. Zulu because sometimes she tries. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm not going to mention more names. I'm going to lose the belt to Deacon Wenda. Deacon Wenda. But here is the thing. You know, when, when you give a platform to prayer coordinators, they will not just be preaching. Sometimes they're preaching for wrongs because they're preaching and praying. <laughs> now, here's what I want to say. When Jesus came to the tomb of Lazarus, he was told, he is even stinking. They were talking about what was happening. But Jesus was talking about what already happened in the spirit and what was going to happen. If you are surrounded by people who keep on believing it can't happen, it can't work. Some of you this year you need to be delivered from toxic people, negative people. Be delivered from them. They are too negative. When you when you begin to share with them your big dreams, they tell you, no. Remember, even about Jesus, what did they say? What good can come out of Nazareth? They, because they attached greatness to a place. But you know what? For us, our place is the heavenly places. We are seated with in the heavenly places. So don't forget what I've shared today. Number one, I said position yourself. Number two, write down. Number three, be a man and a woman of what? Prayer. Number four, align whatever you believe in God for this year to the word. The Bible has told us it may delay, it will, it will surely come to pass. I told you a few weeks ago, I was actually supposed to be graduating in, in December. We, we just received news the day before that the graduation was pushed. I think I will be graduating this Saturday finally. I, I will have I will have a degree in theology after a long time. And then we are still pursuing more and more. It may delay to surely come to pass. And like I declared in the overnight, beloved, sometimes what you are going through may feel painful. But you know when God blesses you, the blessing of God eradicates the pain. Takes away the pain. You just forget that you've been dumped before. You just forget that you've been rejected before. You just forget. Let me tell you what God showed me yesterday. It's, it's something personal. But I'm going to share it with you. I saw, I saw a very powerful picture of myself in the future. And then when I was standing, I, I saw the rim of the vehicle I was standing at. 
it wasn't this one. <laughs> it was something different. And I saw a big house. I Okay? This was an open this was an open vision. And then I saw there was a caption, like this was social media in the spirit. I saw a caption where I said, God, I lost everything the world could give me. Someone should not steal this, please. I will use it in the future. God, I lost everything the world, everything beautiful the world could give me. But you've, you've given me glorious things the world could never give me. The moment my life changed was when I remember I met I met a prayer. And I even made a post on Facebook some two, two, three years ago. I said, God, I lost my life for a sake. Now give me yours. There is a place where that one came from a place of prayer where I was in anguish. You know when, when people are laughing at you, but nothing is happening. I came to a place where sometimes out of good concern, even my own family members, I have got my, my elder sisters here, I think two of them, they can bear witness. Even my relatives were just saying so. Even if I such a and then at the end of the day, I, I could tell that they were genuinely what? Concerned. They were genuinely concerned. And one time I met my friend and he told me, So, George, without intelligence, you were just trust to be a pastor. Ah, that hurt. I laughed. I was busy smiling, but my heart was broken. Because I felt like. It's like what I, I put aside for the sake of following God was in vain. But let me tell you one thing. The Bible says the grace of God over your life this year will not be wasted. Amen. I feel pity for those that never got your number last year. I feel pity for those who mistreated you last year. They will feel and they would have treated you better. Because of where God is taking you, they will need to put on shades. Your future is too bright. It will blindfold them. I want us to pray. We'll just thank God and declare that, Lord, this year I am faithfully running with the world. You may be here, your own family members, your friends. It seems like wherever you go, people don't just understand you. Maybe you are just not liked. You've done your best, but people are always giving you the worst experiences. I feel this strong in this place. There is someone. But here is what God is saying. They may not count you, but I love you. I have got the best and the greatest plan for your life. I want you to pray to say, Father, thank you for your work. This year, I will see you at work in my life. And I want you to pray and say, Father God, may you help me to hold on to this word. Whatever theme of the year you are standing on, I don't know where, there, there might be those who are listening to me or watching like right now. Maybe you have a different theme of the year from ours. Please, I want you to pray to say, God, help me to run with this. How you begin to pray? In the mighty name of Jesus.
what you have done. I pray that Lord, you will help us to capture and run faithfully oh God, with the theme and word of the year that we have received. And Father God, I pray you will help us to position ourselves rightly. You will help us oh God to remain prayerful. You will help us to write down and run with the word that we have received. And Father God, you will help us to be able to align whatever we have received with your word. We shall be men and women of prayer and the word. In Jesus' mighty name, this year is our year. No matter what happens, we'll never change our confession. Oh, yes. It still remains our year. And even if the bad things happen, all things will eventually we shall see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. This year we shall not just pray, we shall walk in our answer prayers. Amen. This year we shall not just believe God for testimony. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Somebody say amen and amen. amen.